0: Okay, I feel like I'm setting myself up to take the SATs or something. So I put myself in time out today because um, if you've been following our family on Facebook, my daughter Michaela's had a pretty rough go of it lately, and on Wednesday, she and I caught a pretty bad cold, and... um, on Thursday, we had our tests, we're COVID free, but um, have all the congestion and the coughing and all that good stuff. So I put myself in time out, put my mask on. And I also wanted to let you know Michaela is um, experiencing uh, a new diagnosis called inflammatory arthritis. Uh, for those of you who don't know about my daughter, she is 14, going to be 15 uh, this November. And she's had a myriad of health conditions. She's special needs. She is my daily inspiration. And this is a new diagnosis that comes with a lifelong diagnosis, but she is in a flare. So she's in a protocol right now for six months. We go into the hospital one day a week or one day a month, and she gets IV infusion, arensia. So her immune system is now officially depleted. from here on out, I am sad to say touchy-feely Kelly, cannot touch you probably till January. So I'm gonna be occupying the Welcome Center after worship every Sunday, so I can still find a way to visit with you. Um, it's it's gonna be a little bit different for you and I both, but please continue to hold Michaela in your prayers and also from our family. And thank you for the cards, the posts, you're doing everything. Uh, Michaela always has many medical challenges, but COVID has been pretty rough for her. So So I'm excited to tell you that um, at least we're starting to recover from this uh, bug that we have. So enough of that, uh, except to say thank you for your continual prayers. So today I had uh, Gretchen and the ushers hand out Play-Doh to you. So you should have your party pack Play-Doh with you. If you are at home, I only need you to have something that you can fit in the palm of one hand. And so I'll reveal to you in a minute. Let us pray first. Holy God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. So what I would like you to do is I would like you to open your Play-Doh. There's a little plastic circle on it. And you want to take your Play-Doh out. I know this is kind of fun. If you're at home, whatever you brought with you, to put it in your hand. And I would like you to have both of your hands palms up in front of you. And I would like one of those hands, or if you want to divide up your Play-Doh, I want you to keep the Play-Doh in both hands, palms up. And periodically, I will invite those artistic folks, unlike me, uh, to if you'd like to make a shape with that play-doh. If not, I would like you to keep your palms up, maybe rest them on your lap. They're gonna be there for a little while. We're gonna practice maybe palms up. I heard of a guy from another guy who knew a guy I knew that gave me some pretty darn good advice. I thought I would pass on to you guys this morning I heard there was this lawyer who came up with a great idea to keep his clients calm under pressure, especially when they found themselves sitting in a room full of lawyers just firing questions at them all the time. And this lawyer tells them all the same thing every time they go into court. He says, sit in the chair, answer the questions, but do it with your hands up the whole time resting on your lap now it's the last thing you would expect a lawyer to tell the client from the courtroom but he tells them literally to have their backs of their hands on their knees their palms up towards the bottom of the table as they sit in court so think about that for a minute we have an easier time being calm and honest and focused when our hands are palms up It's harder for us to get defensive or angry when our palms are up instead of when they're in a clenched fist i mean after all most people get angry a cute little puppy dog when their fists are clenched something about our hard wiring god gave each one of us that links the position of our bodies into the position of our hands and hearts So Bob Joff, one of my favorite guys who wrote the book Love Does years ago, he admits, I used to think clenched fists would help me fight better. But now I know they only made me weaker. He went on to explain, I used to walk around with my my fists clenched, defensive, afraid people were going to take advantage of me. There are so many evils in the world that cause me to clench my fist. I wanted to be angry, and swing at the horrible things people do to one another, especially things done to kids. But it was Jesus who taught me there was nothing I could ever really lose if I had him. Jesus taught me to be palms up, just like he is. Palms up means you have nothing to hide, nothing to gain or to lose. Palms up means you're strong enough to be vulnerable, even with your enemies, even when you have been tremendously wrong, Jesus was palms up to the end. When people ask me what it looks like to follow Jesus, I usually say that following him looks a lot like dealing with all of the issues that everybody does, our disappointments, our tremendous joy, uncertainty, the whole bit. Having your mind change all the time as you learn how Jesus would have dealt with things is what's happening in the life of the Christian. Following Jesus is about having your attitude and your way of life shift as you navigate this wide range of emotion. While living the big life, Jesus invites all of us to be a part of. And because I knew Jesus, where once I thought things my way, now I have to think about them. His way. All right, do so all of you remember some years ago, how could you not? The slogan WWJD. Everybody on the count of three, yell out what it means. One, two, three. All right. It really made its way through the Christian church and out into the world. It was everywhere for a while, right? It was on stickers on your water bottle, on your license plate, on your decals, everywhere you went tons of bookmarks until we kind of got it in our heads that we need to be thinking about what Jesus would do in any given situation we were in, as opposed to what we would do. Well, it was incredible. It was like a bugle call, a stand to attention for all of us committed to following Jesus, and I really liked the way it made us all pay attention to our attitude, to the way we act and our behaviors, while well, we made choices, however simple or complex. I saw it acting like a little bit of a compass in my life to keep me going in the right direction, not only forward, but Jesus' word. like Jesus so often does in scripture, especially when being questioned by lawyers, which he was a lot, religious law back in his day, who sought to discredit him at every turn. And while they were looking for a debate or a fight, or to discredit him in the hope of picking a fight, Jesus would come back at them every time with open palms and typically a question to their question. They hadn't even seen that coming. Jesus instructs us, love your neighbor as yourself. And as a matter of fact, do more love your enemies and pray for those who make your life hard we look back at jesus in shock you have got to be kidding jesus well then lord who should i consider as my neighbor we ask and jesus meets our challenge with one of his own everyone we mimic the word back everyone Lord, have you seen the evil that people can do in this world? Jesus says, yes. And he looks down at his lap, at his upward-facing, nail-pierced hands. And in an instant, the WWJD question is fine-tuned and redirected straight back at us. WWJHMD, what would Jesus have me do? A question he answered before his very own disciples even asked it. It was in the Garden of Gethsemane with the shadow of the cross looming overhead, large over him, and he's in anguish, praying face down in the dirt, his hands in the dirt. He told the disciples to stay back and to pray, a message he repeated every time he came back down the hill and found them sleeping three times a message made painfully clear as they watched jesus pray from the cross palms up they were a witness to the power of prayer but how about us so as of late i've been really convicted about my own prayer life i feel like this is true confessions of the pastor so i began to lots of books on my shelves. I have lots of books about prayer. Our library is full of books about prayer and that's what Presbyterian ministers who are trained to do, that's where they go. After they look up all the scripture passages in the Bible, they go to their bookshelf. And I began to reflect over the many questions that I have been asked about prayer and its power and does it do any good anyway? And what I didn't see coming as I set out on my journey for a more meaningful prayer life was the question that made me stop in my tracks, which was this, how satisfied are you with your prayer life on a scale of one to 10, one being the least satisfied and 10 being the most satisfied? If you are creative, I would love you to take your Play-Doh and to shape it in a number that you would give yourself on a scale of one to 10. Where would you rate yourself? One being the least satisfied, 10 being the most satisfied. If you'd rather not do that, keep your palms up. I heard the bugle and I woke up. I stared at the blank line, begging for a number to fill in this empty spot and I wrestled with this exercise for a minute or two. Coming up with excuses with closed fists. Human nature kicks in sometimes, doesn't it? But I know better. We all do when we're called upon to answer a tough question truthfully. And I wrote down my number, five, great conviction, five. The next question, how satisfied are you with your number? I mean, really? and that response came way quicker not very why am I not satisfied I mean honest answer I think I miss Jesus what an odd thing to say but it's true obviously I hang with Jesus every day there's a lot in this church that needs to be done and administered and prayed for There's a lot of visits and pastoral care and committees and programs and the building and everything else. And surprisingly, I think pastors have a really hard time connecting with Jesus because we replace it with all of that needs to be done in the life of a church community. And all of a sudden you look up and you go, wow, I really miss Jesus.
1: I found it helpful
0: when someone compared praying when I was a little kid in Sunday school to a conversation between Jesus and me involves not only talking but listening and of course every kid in Sunday school how do we listen for Jesus so when someone compared it to a close friendship we spend time with our closest friends it really doesn't matter what we do because just to be In one another's company it feels right it's so satisfying and rewarding we can discuss issues and ideas with anyone interested in them but when we share them with our best friend all our feelings and our hopes and our dreams and our disappointments and our failures and our hurts that takes it to a much more personal level there are even times when our friendship seems like a mountaintop experience Other times when it sinks to deep valleys, friends go where you go. But most of life with the best friend is lived in the plains. The day-to-day happenings where life happens in real time. And Paul in our scripture passage in Ephesians is the voice that reminds us this morning that every one of us has been called into a relationship with the creator of the universe. You and I have been called to live in the presence of Jesus. And whether you know it or not, we do every minute of every hour of every day. Thank God where it becomes more often than we dare to admit that we make life harder than it has to be when we look only to ourselves for our own answers and our own questions. However when we make our own abilities however they meager they may seem to us when we make them available to jesus in prayer he channels great resources in and through us jesus is at work in us and in the world he died to save the world he is calling us to pray for and to serve you see what ju- what does jesus do to us Rather than anything to him, I call it palms up praying, which starts by being aware of his presence and being ready to receive the blessings that he gives us. When was the last time you counted your blessings, especially in the midst of adversity? Yes, God, you are with me. You do love me. You know what is best for me kind of prayer. The second step in prayer is to give Jesus thanks for his presence in our lives. It is a familiar response, I love you too, Jesus, which then allows us to ask him, what are you calling me to do in my life today? With that question expressed, we pay attention. We look for signs along the way of where Jesus will lead us next. Prayer is a continual striving to bring our will in line with Jesus' will. And I want to make it clear that the reason I pray is not because I am a pastor and it's expected of me as it should be. I pray because I want to know Jesus. And I want to know him better every day. I want to learn through the experiences of my own daily life and my life with all of you what it means to love and to serve him, what it means to love and serve his people from my own family to our church family to the community. I pray so I remember Jesus is really with me every step of the way when I can't feel his presence or the circumstances I'm in try to make me believe otherwise. I pray so I remember first and foremost to all of you and all our neighbors all over the world.
1: And I pray because
0: I want to learn to better trust him with a palms-up attitude that lives out what I already know in my heart and in my head, that he knows what is best for me much more than I do. And I believe that to be true for each one of you as well. I pray with you, and i find you teach me much about what it means to love jesus as you give me a share in your story you don't just tell me your highlights and your lowlights sometimes i get to be with you wherever you are or whatever the circumstance how amazing is that when it all comes down to it i pray because like paul in ephesians i want us to be strengthened in our inner being as we navigate the challenge of this life and this world and find our faith growing as we meet each other together i pray that you know the unstoppable love that jesus christ has for you that you not only find his love here in this place but that you make it your personal mission to create it because when we do that here we can do that out there in the world where we live and work and play if you are the creative type I would love you to take your play-doh and make the shape of a heart to remember that your heart is in God's hands of course there's no way to know where our prayer life of Jesus may take us who we will encounter or the hardships or the happiness that we will face Seasons of busyness, others of rest, the prayers we will pray, the attitude alterations we're gonna need to make matters the most that they can be for Christ in our life. Yet our Bible has shown us time and again that palms of praying in a relationship with Jesus is enough to make a man sacrifice his only son, a woman, see the risen Christ, for there to be a flood, split a sea, open a tomb, break prison chains. All throughout Scripture, we see what the love of God can do in our lives. So today, I give you this blessing. I put you now in the hands of Jesus Christ. His hands, they were working hands. Jesus healing the leper, Peter's mother-in-law. The blind eyes of men, Jairus' daughter, the way he made a meal on a beach with fish for the disciples, the way he called out to the disciples, how he welcomed them. He had welcoming hands. Peter, walking on water, sinking in the water in Jesus' hand, reached down and pulled him up. His hands are witnessing hands. Jesus himself stood in the midst of the people and said to them, peace be unto you. And they were terrified and they were afraid, the disciples in that room that they were hiding in after his death. And Thomas was there and he said, unless I see Jesus' hands, and Jesus showed up. He asked Thomas to touch his hands, to see his hands the nails of the cross, because Jesus' hands are always available to us. And they're waiting hands, waiting for us to be with him. And they're wonderful hands. John 10, 28. And I give unto you eternal life that you shall never perish, neither shall anyone pluck you out of my hand. So my friends, You are covered by the hands of Jesus. You are comforted by the hands of Jesus. We are completely in the hands of Jesus. Jesus holds your hands today and always. Lastly, with your play-doh, I would love you to take the shape of your hand and to put it in that play-doh And then when you're ready, you can continue to have it for the rest of the service or you can put it back in the container. Always remember when you see palms up that you are in the hands of Jesus who loves you. God bless you. Amen.